0: It's time for our regional roundup. Yeah, I know you love this segment where we take a look at headlines from around the region. So we've got Malaysia's next general election. That is expected to cost more than one billion ringgit this year. We also have Indonesia's Joko Widodo, the president there. His no-show at the recent United Nations General Assembly. Just some of the headlines that we'll be touching on. On the line with me this morning is Sebastian Detman, who is Associate Professor of Political Science, Singapore Management University. Good morning, Prof. Good morning. Interesting stuff uh, with regard to Malaysia's election commission chairman, Abdul Ghani Saleh, the country's next general election. He's saying will cost more than one billion ringgit. So that's three hundred and forty three million sing dollars. What are the factors that are leading to these higher costs for the GE? Yeah, so I think, you know, the cost,
1: the higher cost of this GE compared to previous GEs has generally been attributed to the Five new, 5 million new people on the voter roll, okay. which is a result of changes in, in Malaysia's electoral rules, uh, including automatic registration for voters and the shift in voting age from 21 to 18. So what that means is that more voters are going to be voting this year, and that means that we're going to see more polling centers as well as more polling personnel to monitor uh, the, the
0: situation. Mm, so, so really an issue of uh, quantity at the end of the day.
1: That's right. And, you know, I think the number is... is seems intimidatingly large, but, you know, it's worth doing right. And I think this is
0: where, you know, Malaysia should be spending its, its, its money. Mm. Uh, uh, Prof, Malaysia's Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob has said that he has no inspiration yet, quote, on when to dissolve parliament. Uh, he does have a meeting with UMNO's top leaders on Friday. What do you think are the odds of the GE to be discussed or even called after the meeting?
1: Yeah. Well, in terms of this particular meeting, it's hard to say, but I think the general sentiment these days is is that there will be a GE this year. Um it was it was speculated earlier this year that perhaps it's going to take place in May or even June of next year, but um I think increasingly the the pressure is on to try to hold this um election this year. So I I think they're going to uh it will be after probably after the budget is tabled on October 7th and sometime probably speculation is november
0: but
1: it's
0: yeah. also hard to tell when exactly that would be yeah um and not speculating is a bit of nostalgia as former prime minister of malaysia dr Mahathir Mohamad says he's willing to become the pm for a third time if there are strong calls for him to helm the post uh, prof what, what are your thoughts on this i mean honestly does he still have the same kind of support from the people as he did the previous two rounds
1: uh, frankly, I would say no. I, I think um, I think his credibility has been significantly diminished mm. um, ever since the whole Sheraton move events, which uh, collapsed the government yeah. uh, that he was ruling in, yeah. in February of 2020. So uh, I think he, he's in terms of his trustworthiness. I think that's diminished quite a bit. And I think more importantly that the political parties who would support his bid for prime minister, prime minister, he has very little of that support now. Um, he's only got support of his, his small party and a couple other marginal parties, and he's, you know the, the other political party support he, he has had has evaporated since then. So I don't think, even if he nominates himself uh, or is nominated as a prime ministerial pick for a smaller coalition— I don't think he's
0: going to get anywhere in the election. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Muhammad Zahid Abdul Aziz, a former banker from the Movement for Monetary Justice. Now, he's proposed that the power to create money in the country be taken away from financial institutions and instead given to the government under the authority of parliament. Uh, okay, how feasible is this idea? I mean, could it even help with the kind of inflation that they're seeing right now? Um, you know,
1: from what I understand, I mean, this, I'm no monetary expert, but I, but I do think that this is a, a pretty fringe position, right? It's not necessarily a mainstream position to try to, to give power to uh, the parliament to, to create money. And, and for the most part, you know, commercial banks play a large role in the creation of money. And this is what happens in most countries. Yeah. And Bank Nagar Malaysia, the, the Central Bank of Malaysia, regulates um, monetary policy. So, I think moving away from that and, and giving more power to the parliament to create money, I think, is a is a is a, a kind of radical idea. And I think most people would not necessarily think this would be a a good way to solve inflation and and some of the other um, issues taking place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I and I was thinking the same thing as you said. You were not a monetary expert. <laughs> I started to question: mm-hmm. Are these guys monetary experts? It it does yeah. potentially open up the issue of, again, I I, I use the word. Potential corruption, right? When you consider, well, unfortunately, the past. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think um,
1: uh, you know, there's varying levels of uh, of of trustworthiness of, of sure, MPs yeah. in, in in Malaysia. I think, yeah, um, there's already significant state intervention in Malaysia's economy, mm-hmm. and you know, in some ways, that's produced strong economic growth and and good uh, policy, but on, uh, in other ways, I think it's also encouraged. Forms of you know patronage and mm. and kind of uh, rent seeking by by politicians, so mm. I, I think uh, giving further powers in that regard um, wouldn't necessarily be good simply because uh, as you mentioned one they're not experts and second they have their own incentives to mm. Uh, To create money and and distribute money uh, for their own purposes
0: Mm. Uh, Prof, uh, let's turn our attention now to Indonesia Where uh, President Joko Widodo uh, didn't show up At the recent United Nations General Assembly Uh, What do you think made him skip? Or what are you hearing with regard to him skipping that meeting? I mean, when you consider that he's uh, the chair of the G20 Mm.
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, one important thing to note is that since he became president in 2014, he's never once attended the uh, United Nations General Assembly in person. Mm. For example, he attended via video link last year. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, in, in that sense, it's it's not uh, unusual. Um, but I, but I do think um, you know more generally, Joe Dodo's has always been more focused on domestic issues. He's been less of sort of an international, internationally focused leader in in, in ways that his predecessor. Um, SBY or Yudhoyono uh, was. Um, and so, so the sort of explanation is that he's dealing with domestic issues, for example, rising fuel prices in Indonesia. So in September, earlier in this month, um, the government raised prices uh, about 30% for fuel. So obviously that's in a time of high inflation, that's quite controversial. There's been demonstrations and so on. So
0: at least officially, um, the explanation has been that he has to deal with these domestic issues. Okay, and yeah, he's not one for the geopolitical theatre in that sense, uh, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prof, Thailand's finance minister is saying that the country's central bank is closely monitoring the butt weakness. No big concern at the moment, but how are they doing things differently on this front and your thoughts on on their management of uh, the inflation situation?
1: yeah i mean i mean you know uh, i think my sense of of what's going on in thailand as well as a lot, of, a lot of other countries in in southeast asia is that they're trying to keep uh manage inflation through things like price caps and subsidies so thailand also has price caps on essential goods they've recently extended diesel and electricity subsidies to alleviate um some of the burden on 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 consumers um and they've sort of raised um uh, interest rates uh at sort of modest levels so okay. Um, that, that will hopefully keep the, the, currency relatively stable or at least, uh, not sliding more than it has, um, and also, uh, help with some of this,
0: um, uh, inflationary, uh, trends. All right. I've been speaking with Sebastian Detman, who is Associate Professor of Political Science, Singapore Management University. Prof, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day. Yeah. Thank you. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.